Lego. Lego. Hey everybody, welcome back to Back to Brick. I'm your host, Garrett, and this is the podcast where we talk with fellow AFOLs from around the world about their Lego designs and how they go about building them. And we get down to the breaking news every Friday to talk about all the news you may have missed from Lego this past week. First, I want to thank all those that are longtime listeners for coming back, and for new listeners, thank you for joining. I hope you enjoy this interview and all the others that you can hear from our previous podcast episodes. You can follow Back to Brick on your favorite podcast app, such as Spotify and Apple and many others. Today, we have a wonderful designer coming on. Today, it's Ben, and you might know him better as Belgium Bricks. Belgian Bricks, excuse me. He's got some great builds, and we'll definitely get into talking about all of them today. But I want to say first, Ben, thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate you spending time uh, out of your day to come talk to us. Hi, Garrett. Well, I'm very glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate, you know, taking the time again. You know, just for our listeners, can you give them a little background of where you're from, what you like to build in Lego? Yeah, sure. I live in Belgium in a town called Ghent. It's not that well known, but uh, a lot of people might know Brussels and Bruges. It's actually just in between those two. I mostly build micro-scale architecture builds, like scale, scale models of real buildings focused on Belgium as well, but uh, I, I do tend to deviate now and then. So uh, yeah, just things that, that look nice and that I say, okay, that would, uh, that would really make a, a nice scale model. I always am a big fan of the architecture series. I build a lot of them myself. That is always fun to do. And people who build their architecture builds, Microscale is also another big favorite of mine. But first, you know, let's talk about something I always ask, just so you can get a picture of who you are. What would your signature minifigure look like if it was to represent you? Well, I actually built my minifigure and that of my husband for our uh, trip to Denmark last summer. So I have it sitting right here. There's nothing too special. I did pick the, the torso especially because I liked it. It's the, the one from the violin boy from the CMF series. Uh, mm -hmm. The dark green hoodie and the t-shirt with the Blacktron logo on it. The, the green bee from the Blacktron 2 theme, which I always liked. I actually was born just too late for that. It, uh, it just appeared a few years before that, but, uh, but I do like the general nods or the Easter eggs that Lego tends to put in uh, their products, referring back to the, the themes from like 20 years ago. So that's why I picked it. Uh, other than that, nothing, uh, nothing too special. My uh, dark blonde hair, but <laughs> that's it basically. Any utensils or tools that you would have in there? Um, no, actually not. I'll, I'll have to think about that one to, to maybe add some utensils. Uh, they're quite uh, basic at the moment. So. Cool. Let's start off at the beginning. When do you think you started building with Lego? Well, I think I was probably around five years old. It's probably the story of a lot of people, but yeah, and, and it was my favorite toy when I was a kid. So uh, always for my birthday, for Christmas, I'd ask for Lego. I think the first big set I had was the Enchanted Island from the uh, the Pirates and Islanders team. And it just went, went on from there. And actually, I... I uh... I stayed building until I was around 12, I guess. Then entered the, 
notorious dark ages uh, emerged again from uh, from them when uh, when we went to a trip to London actually in uh, end of 2017 with friends we ended up at the flagship store at Leicester Square and bought a Winter Village shop it was to take home with us and then from there on it kind of escalated i uh, i started collecting sets a bit of everything but then quickly uh, went in the direction of the architecture sets um i quite liked them because you you had some completely different techniques in them because of the the different scale of course and they don't tend to take up too much space i almost started collecting modulars but I uh, <laughs> I kept that one off. Luckily, I did buy the the <laughs> Parisian restaurant to start with, but uh, but actually it's still here sealed. Just because if I start building them, I'll I'll want them all. I will have <laughs> no place to put them. I will spend way too much money on them. So I said, okay, we'll go for architecture, smaller sets, cheaper <laughs> sets. <laughs> That's probably how I how I got to uh, the the theme of my mocks as well because I liked those sets so much. What age did you say you started doing that again? Uh, now it's uh, it's only been uh, since 2017, so I was uh, 29. Okay, yeah. So you did have a good bit of the dark age. Like you said, you kind of skipped some of the modulars. The Parisian restaurant was also my first modular. And unfortunately, I kept buying the modulars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I only have a well. few of the architecture series. Well, they are beautiful, uh, beautiful builds, the, the modulars. But uh, yeah, I said, okay, I can't, I can't collect them all. Uh, good friends of mine uh, collect all the Lego Star Wars sets. They've got multiple rooms filled at the moment. So <laughs> I, uh, I saw that at the start, and I was, uh, uh, I was very cautious not to, uh, not to get in over my head. Uh, well, at the moment, I've. I've probably got way too much lego uh, anyway but uh, yeah <laughs> no no such thing <laughs> <laughs> did you say or what is your favorite uh excuse me your first architecture set that you purchased that is a really good question um i just asked because i'm wondering what drew you to start doing that and and then continue on from there i'm not completely sure i think i started off with a couple of the skyline sets Berlin, Venice, uh, mm, okay. those were still available at the moment I started collecting them. Venice is, it's a, the price is through the roof at the moment, it's crazy. Um, but they were one of the first ones. I do have to say after that, I uh, bought some of the other sets like the, the, the Statue of Liberty and quite preferred those ones because the, the skylines, the scale is really, really small. You, you lose a lot of, uh, of detail and uh, the techniques aren't always that special because if the building's only, if it consists out of uh, only 10 bricks, then you can't do uh, too, too much crazy things with it. Right, right. I guess that's how you kind of got into building your own, correct? Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. I started actually with the idea of building part of my hometown, so uh, part of Ghent. We do have a skyline that's, well, it consists out of three medieval towers, one church, one clock tower, and, uh, and a cathedral. And I thought it would be really nice to recreate those, only it wasn't <laughs> as simple as I, uh, as I thought it would be. Um, I started on the church, it was uh, end of 2019. 
I think, yes, I started building on it, but quickly I, I uh, stopped because I had no idea how to do the roof, how to do the the cross tower <laughs> in the middle of the church. Um, yeah. I was like, okay, and, and uh, I, I worked on it a bit, like December, January, February, but then it, I didn't touch it for half a year just because I, I didn't have the knowledge how to uh, how to build the rest so yeah it took some uh, it took some time to to get to know the techniques i uh, spent a lot of time uh, browsing through instagram watching other people's builds and, and uh, thinking about uh, new techniques or new ways new parts to to incorporate but uh, that's how i started off finally it was not the church that was finished as my first large mock I first did two other towns, Dubrovnik, which I actually just made because I, I had a ton of the, not the cheese slopes, but the, the double one by one slopes in orange from the pick a brick wall. I wanted to do, do something with them. And uh, it's a Mediterranean town. It's got the, the, the orange uh, shingles on the roof. So that was perfect for that one. And from, from there on, it just kind of escalated. A few weeks afterward, I did the town of Dinan, which I was able to finish in just a couple of weekends, which was crazy compared to the church, which was still not finished. Um, but that that got that got things going, and definitely Dinan getting shared by uh, by Lego themselves on their Facebook page was a was a big boost. I was checking my photos earlier on, and uh, apparently I uh, I started working on the church again one day after they they posted my work. So yeah. <laughs> was very proud of that one yeah i was going to bring that one up because i know i've seen that one a couple times and what kind of made you want to build this specific section of dient we, we say dinant in in dutch as well uh it's in the french speaking part of belgium there they say dinan so you can choose okay. um <laughs> Well, um, it's in Belgium, at least it's it's quite a well-known uh, touristic spot because you've got the citadel on top of the on top of the rock face. You've got the cable car, which is, I think, well, it used to be the only one in Belgium. Uh, I think there is another one now, but actually it was the combination of the the riverside with the church and the rocks and the citadel and all that together, which makes a really nice setting or diorama. So I, I thought I, I'll give that a go because uh, the one I did before that, Dubrovnik, okay, it's a coastal town, so it's it's <laughs> quite normal that it's flat, but yeah, there, there was not a lot of elevation in that. Um, so I wanted to do something that, that different levels in height, uh, like as a new challenge. And the rockwork itself was quite a challenge as well. <laughs> that took some time. I was going to ask, what do you think the most challenging part of this build was? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you have it. Actually, the I thought the the church because it's so tiny in the model, the church would have been hard to recreate. But I I actually just started building, and after a couple of hours, it was already finished, which was crazy. <laughs> if you think about the other church, which took me uh yeah about a year to complete, I was very happy with that one. But definitely the rock work because I I didn't want to go into the basic technique of just stacking slow bricks and, and uh, onto each other with a little bit of snutter. I, wa I wanted to do something more organic. It wasn't really stable at the start, but I, I managed to stabilize and, and in the end it uh, uh, it looked just how I wanted it to look. So uh, I was very glad with that one. 
Yeah, I love the rock work because it's hard to do rock work in general and especially with different angles and stuff because, you know, mostly Lego doesn't curve like that all the time or bend. Um, is there a specific type of structure you used behind it to get those curves? There is, but it's 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 just a mix of uh, hinges, turntables, uh, a bit of everything. It's it's a bit messy. I was sure that the the structure behind it and that supports the citadel that that's uh, I, I used a lot of uh, Technic uh, bricks and and screws in them to make it really solid. So at least that part would stay <laughs> stay together really well. But the the rockwork itself, it's it's quite delicate. I'm happy that when I transported it to go exhibit it at the spot that everything stayed in its place. So apparently it's <laughs> more solid than I expected. But uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was the first time ever doing that. So I just tried out some things and if it didn't fall apart, I'd keep it. It is a beautiful town. And then having you compare it, it looks just exactly like it. Did you present it to the town or just go to the town to take photo with it? I actually didn't visit the town to make the model beforehand. Um, right. I just used photos and and, uh, and and Google Maps Street View and so on. It was because it got shared by Lego that the local newspapers picked it up. Um, at that time, we were in lockdown, so I couldn't go down there directly because the the city asked me to uh, go there. They invited me, uh, but it took up until uh, June of this year to really go down there with the model. So yeah, I took some pictures at the water site to have both in uh, in one picture. And then after that, it was exhibited for a month in the in the cultural center in the town itself. So uh, got a lot of positive responses always. I didn't expect that when I, when I built it. I was like, okay, I'm just building this for myself uh, <laughs> because I want to do it. And then suddenly I got all the attention that I, I yeah, it was mind blowing. Yeah, and you get so many people to see your creation and see it in real life that like hey this is the town we live in and mm -hmm. that's the little build of it yeah indeed indeed that's something actually that i've been wanting to do already since last year but because of covid there were no conventions at all so uh i'm very pleased that in a couple of weeks i'll be doing two conventions uh two consecutive weekends to show my work in real life because i've never been a part of the one dinant model i've never been uh, been able to really do that that is nice because everybody wants to get out of their house and it's finally getting to that point so you can show off some mm -hmm. of your work in person. For your builds, is there specific towns that you just choose or is it just based on something you see that you like to represent? Because, I mean, you're not building whole sections of towns, you're just building small amounts. How do you go about choosing those? Depends a bit. Sometimes I just get an ID visiting a town or, or uh, just uh, browsing the web. Like, okay, this would look nice in lego and it's doable because i've also asked and doing posts on instagram or facebook what would you like to see and get a lot of response but some things don't really lend themselves that well to be recreated in in legos so i kind of have to keep that in mind as well but basically i just i just do what i <laughs> what i want to do like the <laughs> the, the coke the library that i just built the idea has been in my head for over a year, but I had no idea how I would do it. And I just started about techniques. Okay, will I use brackets? Will I use the, the grill pieces? Will I use other pieces too? To make the texture, how will I do the angles? So at a certain point, I was like, oh, I might be able to do it like this. And I tried it out and I was like, okay, this might just work. 
and I just started building at that moment. And uh, it's 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 the same with a couple of other ideas that I've got in my head. I'll just have to get a, an epiphany. Like, oh, I could build it that way. That way, it it would probably look uh, really nice and realistic. Because, uh, that's something I learned as well in building these models. That in the beginning, I I look at photos and Street View and everything, and uh, I measure everything up, and I'd go for as realistic as possible. But actually, that's not always the best way to do it. Because, for instance, the the second tower of Ghent that I built, the the Belfry Tower, it's actually the top of the tower is has some intricate details, but the rest of the tower is basically just a rectangular beam with not a lot, not a lot of uh, details or structure. Or so I started building it like that, just using bricks and then then uh, leaving some space for the windows that are in it. But it was it was just plain ugly because <laughs> there was not much to there was not much to look at, and it was yeah. realistic, but it, it it wasn't aesthetically pleasing. And then I totally totally began using the ingot tiles have a lot mm-hmm. more texturing than just plain bricks or plain tiles and i worked a lot better and okay it looks a bit less like the building if you really think about it but if you look at a model it's instantly recognizable and it's aesthetically pleasing and that's what that's what's the most important so i, I have to keep myself from trying to go too much into detail and more think about the the general picture and how it would look in its totality I do love it. it. You said it's called the crook. Mm-hmm. And I love the angles. Have uniformity along the edges, which is a lot about, you know, how you can twist the or bend the piece. Mm-hmm. Like you said, having to adjust and making sure that they all line up correctly. I think it looks great. I love just basic architecture like that, where you pick one building and decide, you know what? I really enjoy that. I, I think that one would be great to build. Uh, not saying that the scenes are are bad because I love the scenes too. It's it's a pick mm-hmm. and choose, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, and it is nice as well to see them one next to uh, the other in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't really see it on the on the photos, um, but if you if you put them right beside each other, you see that the library, for instance, it's it's built on the same scale as the the towers I've done. And it's a lot larger than the church, which you wouldn't say, but in real life, okay, they're in a they're in a different part of town, so you never see them side to side. With the models, you can you can compare them because they're side to side, and you suddenly realize like the library is really huge uh, compared to the church, so that has another uh, dimension to it. Do you always just pick? You're only working in Belgian towns at the moment. Mostly, well, the the first one I did, Dubrovnik, is obviously not a, not in Belgium, is in uh, is in Croatia, um, and uh, I think in the future I might do some other towns from abroad as well. Because what I liked so much about uh, Dubrovnik was that I was able to use all the orange slopes for the roofs, which made it really colorful. I have to make sure not to uh, say anything bad about Belgium now, but yeah, in, in <laughs> the Belgian towns and architecture, there are not a lot of places where you can really incorporate loads of colors or, or uh, more more flashy colors, as to say. So I might have to look abroad for for that type of build, like to uh, if I if I want something with a lot of splashing colors in it, I might uh, I might do that. 
same for architecture, like modern architecture. Uh, if it's not in Belgium, but somewhere else, I'll just still build it if I want to build it. it gives me a, a bit more choice to pick from as well. So it's not most churches and, and the, the, the classic architecture, but I can go a bit into modern architecture and, and really unique pieces, but that are not located in Belgium. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't mind. I was going to say, I feel like Belgian and most places have some modern architecture around. But yeah, if you go to, let's just say, Dubai or Singapore or mm -hmm. uh, Hong Kong, you're really going to get very modern architecture. <laughs> indeed, indeed. There's quite a big difference. Actually, here in, uh, in Belgium, like skyscrapers, we don't really have them here. So if I want to build a skyscraper, I'll have to... Uh... I have to go look for it elsewhere. <laughs> and that's okay. I mean, it just every everything has their their place depending on where you're from. I mm -hmm. live in Maryland and there's there's a couple skyscrapers in the city of Baltimore, but it's not known for that. We're more the same way. We're mo known for like old cultural buildings since our history is kind of old in this area. Yeah, I I love the builds and the buildings. Is there a specific scale you like to build? Because I know some of your buildings are, I mean, they're like two, three blocks high. And then others you have, like like you did with the crook, it's it's a much larger scale compared to that. Mm -hmm. It depends a bit on, the, on, on what I'm building, I guess. Of course, the first one, the church I started, I looked at, okay, I'll have to build the, the tower, the small turrets. So what's the scale that it'll work on? And that's how I landed on uh, one in 500. Uh, obviously, for the other towers, which will be added to the model, uh, I'll have to I'll have to keep to the the same scale. But apart from that, it, it depends a bit on the on the structure. Like Dinan was actually just trying something out with the bricks and then seeing, okay, my church will be this big. So how how big does the rest need to be? So uh, <laughs> most of the time, it's it's one element that uh, that will set the scale for the the entire build or the entire the entire project um but i do think one in 500 one in 600 is, is a scale i'll build most often in because it still allows a certain level of detail whereas if you go to one one two thousand or two thousands like dubrovnik you lose a lot of detail you can make an entire uh, an entire district or even an entire town if it's a small town on just one base plate but uh, there's not much you can put in there as details and uh, in one to five hundred it's there's still a lot possible like Rocco Butler which is the the reference in uh, in scale building I guess he he uses one in 650 so it's roughly uh, it's roughly around the same uh, the same scale um, I think that's the the sweet spot for this kind of build that's good that you have a scale. So I'm not very good at that because I'll just build as I like to. And then you realize, holy cow, it's uh, now 4,000 pieces. And I I did not mean for it to be so big. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then you have to readjust and do things. It takes forever. But it's mm -hmm. nice to have that kind of scale. And uh, cool that you do focus on one building and then kind of work your way out from there. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any major build that you're looking at doing now that you'd like to either hint or share it um, for people listening? Well, there are two. One is actually almost finished, but it will be 
debuted on the the conventions I'll be doing next mm. month uh, is well it's a it's a famous Brussels landmark there are a few but uh, I shouldn't say anymore <laughs> and um, then the other one and the other one I'll I'll start working on now uh, I've been stocking up on ten parts already is the the cathedral for the the Ghent skyline so the third and fi- final tower for the model but it will also be the 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 largest part of the model because now the two towers I've done it's basically it's two base plates large and the part where the cathedral will be will be another two base plates so uh I uh I will need a bit of time to uh <laughs> to make that one but there will be a nice challenge because selection of parts in tan is not as broad as in white or in light bluish gray for example, I'll have to be creative here and there. And that's the fun part about working with Lego. Unfortunately, there's parts that don't exist yet or will never exist, and you have to kind of figure out how can I still have that design, but maybe not in the color that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we do are very lucky, I think, that the, the last couple of years, loads of new elements have emerged, and mostly like the, the tiny parts, which really allow to put extra detail in these micro builds. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that uh, 10 or 20 years ago you would be able to build something in micro scale with uh, with enough detail. It just would it it would look off or boring. But with the the selection of parts that's available today, you can do really amazing things. That's by the way also what got me into micro scale building is one the parts they take up way <laughs> way less space than uh, than, than the big parts so uh, and the models themselves as well i'm i'm limited in space so that was one of the things that got me into building micro scale i was like okay i like the challenge but i also don't have a huge amount of space so uh, <laughs> yeah let's go for that <laughs> i have to do that yeah <laughs> another cool series that you did there was only i, I think 3 you did that you used uh, like floating islands. What inspired you for that? Because I see three. One you have, I believe, is um, from The Mandalorian. You have mm-hmm. another as Mustafar, and then the mask one, which I'm not sure what that's from. It's uh, well, it's actually just uh, a take on the first set I told you about that I had the first large set, the Islander set, the Enchanted Islands. Uh, I wanted to. Take oh yes, yeah. one those parts and two the that style of uh, of build into into the uh, in, into the floating island. I actually started making them because I I was just browsing Bricklink. I was ordering and I saw that the seller had some of those what is it Power Miners Ninjago wheel pieces like the the base mm-hmm. for the islands um, for only a couple cents each. So I was like, okay, I'm going to order something. Some, uh, some and do something with them and then i got the idea of the the floating islands which is really restrictive because it's it's basically a six by six round plate that fits in them so that's all you've got to put your entire model on that forced me to really uh, think about my parts and about the scale and everything and, and so it was a really good exercise i still have them here i only have four of them but i have thought about making a, making a couple more and then really make them uh, use the, the translucent, the long uh, bar with plate parts to like let them float in the clouds and maybe maybe take them to a convention one day as well. But it's true I haven't done any in a while. I'll probably get around to building some other. 
someday when I got some nice ID for uh, for the next one. I really like that there that scale and you can put like a scene that most people might know or understand that like, oh, that's like you said, from a childhood series set and floating islands. So that's creative as well. Yeah, yeah, mostly the one from the Mandalorian. It's it's such a it's such a simple build. Actually, I didn't spend uh, a lot of time. I think it, it was half an hour and it was finished. But it sort of went viral. That was my first uh, post that did that, and I was like, okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I didn't expect it at all, just because it's so it's so small and and so simple actually. But it does portray the scene uh, only if it once it is so small, it do, it does portray the scene and it's recognizable again. So I think it's uh, that's the the success of those builds that uh, if people recognize it, they they have a connection with it and uh, and it's it's more popular than just any random thing. Exactly, and being recognizable is always kind of the key, especially in architecture. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to just be close enough that people are like, oh, that's from this town, or I know that building, or I know that scene from this movie. Well, as we wind down in our interview today, I just want to, again, say thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you talking to us about your builds and showing us a little behind the scenes of how they're built. And I always end with this question because I think it's a great insight into how designers go about working with Lego. But how do you think Lego has affected or changed your life? Well, um, I think it's mo mostly two things. One is that it, it's really created a, a creative outlet for me, which I did need. I, I didn't really have anything uh, to really deconnect uh, and, and, and focus on. And, and it's really been a help to, uh, yeah, to just unbind. So, uh, so I'm very grateful for that. And then secondly, I must say I uh, was very surprised by the, the Lego community. I just made my account on Instagram two years ago and got to know a lot of people and, and just to be able to share that passion with uh, with other people and, and uh, uh, have them react to your work and then vice versa. And then it's, it's, uh, it's something really great. I didn't expect at all that the, the community around it would be so big and so warm both. So, uh, so yeah, that's probably the most, the most important impact for me. And then, like you said, now you'll be able to get out there and see people and display some of your work in real life, which gets you involved in the communities more, which is fun to see and hear from people that love your work. Definitely, definitely. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to meeting people face-to-face um, -face because online is nice, but it's, it's, it's good to see the reactions on people's face and to really interact, uh, interact in real life as well. So. Uh... That, that makes it all the more special. Mm -hmm. Again, Ben, I want to thank you for coming on today. I appreciate all the great builds and can't wait to see some more. I'm a huge architecture fan and I know a lot of people out there are as well. And can't wait to see more of the world. I know I'm learning a lot about Belgium. Did I say Belgium? Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> and the towns that are in it. Mm -hmm. But for everyone out there, please go see uh, Ben's work, Belgian Bricks. Uh, so that's where I'm getting confused, probably. <laughs> uh, you can find them on Flickr, Instagram, and Facebook. I'll post all those links in the description. In general, I think you have a great future of micro-building architecture ahead. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Again, Ben, thank you so much for coming on. 
thank you for having me on and uh, for the nice chat. Yes, uh, always ready to chat about Lego. <laughs> and for everybody out there, thank you again for listening. If you're a long-time listener, thank you for coming on. If you're new, I appreciate you stopping by, and hopefully you'll stay. You can subscribe to the podcast at Back to Brick on your favorite podcast listening app. And, uh, you know, keep building. Get creative and work what you like to do. If you like architecture, do some builds there. If you like vehicles, do that. And make sure to come back for our next designer interview and our Back to Brick breaking news episode this coming Friday. So I'll leave you as I always do. Get creative, get out there, and go build something.